Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. So before I get started, I always like to give a little bit of insight on things because people always love, they're like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. I love the things you do. But a lot of the things I do, I, I honestly get from other people and other artists. So there's this dragon, drag, dragon queen, <laughs> drag queen named Valentina. And she always says, hi, it's me, Valentina. So I kind of started doing a greetings. My name is James Major Burns and, and I am your, um, or whatever I say. And I was like, your host is me, James Major Burns. So I kind of like took that like small thing and I kind of do that from everyone. I just like take these little nuggets. And <laughs> so if you're borrowing things from me, hey, go ahead. Even greetings. There was this guy who went viral a few years ago for um, Patty, for the Patty fi- um, from um, Patty LaBelle made these sweet potato pies. Oh, yeah. And he did a video eating it and it went viral. And he just, it was hilarious. But when he opened the video, he said, greetings. And it made me laugh so hard. And I've been saying greetings for like the last three years, nonstop. And no one ever knows I'm saying it because of him. Right. But moving on. So be sure I'm going to tell you again until the show is over. Shrek the Musical at La Comedia Dinner Theater in Springboro, Ohio. Check it out online, Facebook, all of that. Again, Dream Girls is coming up. They're only in the first week of rehearsal still. And... No, second weekend of rehearsal, so it's going beautiful. Be sure to get your tickets when they go on sale. Check it out on Facebook at the Youngstown Playhouse. You can check it out on my Facebook and look for information. You can message me, all of the above. Dream Girls, the Youngstown Playhouse stage opens September 6th. Also, you can follow me on social media anywhere, James Major Burns. I am James Major on Twitter, but mostly James Major Burns on all other social sites. <gasps> So, let's get this statement out of the way. Remember, this is a safe space and outlet for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and our world. This is a chance to see what's behind the mind of the creative versus what the world sees us to be. Because they don't know us like they think they know us. Okay? Here we get to learn, laugh, love, and share together. So, ladies and gentlemen... I have a woman here today with me. She's not just any woman. She's a mama. She's a bear. And in Shrek the Musical, she's Mama Bear. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Bridget Catherine with a Y, Lorenz. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. The crowd is going crazy, and I'm excited to have you here. Oh, I got a message on my phone. I hope ain't nobody calling me to tell me. Oh, okay. I don't care. So I'm going to go ahead and show, tell y'all. So I'm doing Dream Girls, and it's a community theater show. And sometimes in community theater, you get lucky and you deal with a cast who all want to pursue it professionally. Or they're all performers, singers, dancers in some aspect, and you don't have to worry about anyone not taking it seriously or pushing anybody. Right. But that doesn't happen. And then a lot of times you get people who've never done a show before, but they like love to sing or they love to dance. And for me, over the last year, I was dealing with a lot of shows to where people just weren't taking it as serious as I would have liked them to. And 
in community theater, we have about two months to do shows or so. And for me, I don't want to wait. I don't want to waste any time. Let's get it going now. Once we get to a point that we love, let's strive to be for greater. Let's see how else we can develop these characters. And also, I don't just worry about myself. I worry about the other characters, whether the the leads or the ensemble. So today I made a few messages, posts, if you will, in one of the group, and they may have came off of as threatening with love. I put LOL and I put hearts, <laughs> but I'm serious. I don't have time and I don't want you to waste my time. I don't want you to waste Trayvell's time. I don't want you to waste Kiera's time, who's the choreographer. And it definitely have could have been like, mm, I don't even know him and he's talking to me like that. Yes, I am. And you're lucky I'm not there. But it's so hard doing a show. And then it's Dreamgirls is a predominantly black show. Mm -hmm. So in our city, there's not that many black actors, singers, dancers who do it all at once, do it well, or even come out for auditions. There were a lot of people who didn't come out because they felt like they wouldn't get the part that they wanted. But it's the musical, so they've only seen the movie. So they don't understand how many other parts are in the show. Right. Nor do they understand how fun it is being in the ensemble. So as to where I'm playing Jimmy Thunder early, I'm only in certain parts. And yes, I get to sing my songs, and that's great. But there's also the ensemble where you get to be multiple characters when you get to do multiple dances and for me for you to want to do something like that as a career or just having fun you get the opportunity to be more than one person in the same show so you get to be a chameleon so I know it might have been a lot but I said what I said and it ain't changing over here so moving on mama bear <laughs> yeah that was a lot but it is what it is I'm trying to be more unapologetically myself but I, you know, I don't want to be offensive or, or hurt anyone's feelings, but again, right. myself. Mama Bear. Yes. How are you today? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited to have you. Me too. I'm like just cheesing over here. I know. I wish they could see you, but they can't. So you'll just okay. have to wait until we go, you know, on video. But anyway, so Shrek the Musical. Is this your first professional show? Yes, this is my first like contract professional show. Right. When I was in high school, we did. I was invited to do a production of Secret Garden, and I was paid seventy five dollars as a stipend at the end of the. I know that's right. Get that paid, right? Yeah. So you've been paid, but this is the first like contract. Yes, yes, I understand. So, how has this experience been for you so far? Um, it's really challenged me to be the best performer that I can be. And I think being a really great performer calls for consistency. Oh yes. Especially when you have to do a show like this for so long. Yes. 50 plus shows. Have you ever done a show that long before? No. And this is actually my first time being on stage in a long time, in about a year, because at school I haven't been on stage yet. No? I've only been an understudy. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So when you're in school and you're the understudy, do they not put you in the ensemble also? Um, in some shows they do, but the shows that I was in this past year, they didn't. I was um, an understudy of one of the mom characters in Crazy For You, and then I was the female swing for A Little Night Music. Oh, okay. So how did that make you feel, just being the understudy and not being able to be on stage and just have to kind of wait to see if you get them on? Yeah, it was cool because I did get to learn by watching other people and how they worked and how they developed their like um, habits on how they did their job. But, um, it was very frustrating. My second semester, sophomore year, when everybody in my 
almost everybody in my class was casted and was on stage and I didn't get the opportunity. But it was really cool to be a swing because I got to learn um, six different roles and one of them was a principal role. Um, I never went on, but at the very end during tech week, the director had me sit with him, Greg Hellums. He's amazing. Shout out. Shout out to Greg. Um, I got to sit with him and see, take notes for him. He would whisper to me the actor's notes while he wrote down the tech notes. And I got to kind of see what it was like to be a director. And it made me really interested in um, doing that in the future or finding another opportunity like that to be in the other seat instead of being on stage. I'm glad you took it as that instead of just being upset because all of these are learning experiences and you never know. Again, it doesn't make you not as talented as a person as far as maybe they were an inch taller and they just fit better. Or maybe in this one song, who the director is, it just felt better for him versus the audience because what the show looks like to the director is going to be completely different for the audience. What we think is funny in the show in Shrek, the audience laughs at different things. They laugh at um, Donkey saying, me, real serious therapy every night. And this is my <laughs> third time doing the show. And every show, they every time they laughed at that. And for me, I was just like, I guess I don't get, like, I thought it was funny. But I'm like, I say a lot of other things that are really funny. But that one, they laugh at every night. And I, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I guess he's been through a lot. And he's like, all right, look. Uh, you you are an ogre at night I cannot take this I need therapy but on the (laughs) inside I'm not getting the back and forth with me and Fiona I don't get to listen as well or see what's going on stand up and I'm like ooh child I know I'm gonna need some therapy after this is over so for me I wasn't I'm delivering the lines and worried about what's coming next and stuff sometimes so I have to think about those aspects of the show also versus like even like trying new things when I can ad lip a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I might try this. And I'm like, I can't believe they didn't think that was funny. That was comedy gold right there. Right? Like, what are you listening to? This is such an ad lib friendly show that you and Corey like and, and Jason sometimes will throw yes. in some things and it works. It's so much fun. Like I didn't think I had enough room to ad lib. And nor did I think I had the freedom because the first two times I did it, I didn't ad lib at all. Right. Because I didn't think that was like a part of my character. Mm-hmm. So watching Corey be Farquaad and this guy, he ad libs and he throws in so much funny stuff. And he's even given me like some ideas to do also. And we kind of go back and forth with all of us, like kind of just throwing stuff out there to see. Like mm-hmm. I, I now say, like I need a hug right before they go see. <laughs> Uh, you know, before oh, that's the, in the three film too. I didn't know. Yeah. So um, Lucy was like, you should say, I need a hug. So now I say it. And then I've been kind of thinking of things from the movies to say, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen them in so long. So that's why now I'm like, I'm a stallion, baby. Right. Like when they were like, I think I'm a steed. I said, well, I'm going to just change it to I'm a stallion one because it's from the movie. And I, it's something that will remind the audience of the movie. And it's, it's nostalgic. And you sound like Eddie Mur- or Murphy when you do the donkey voice. I love Eddie Murphy so much. Yeah. And when people come up to me after the show, they're like, you sound just like Eddie. I'm like, never heard of him. <laughs> I said, yes, Eddie, come to the show. I'll buy you a ticket. You and your family. Let's talk about Donkey the Musical or Donkey the Movie, the spinoff. Yeah, baby, we can do this. Yeah. So how, when did you find out about auditions for Shrek? So I know La Comedia because it's like the only dinner theater in Ohio right now. There used to be one in Akron, but there's not anymore. 
Um, and I auditioned for them last year for Annie for their summer job for their summer work. I was really pounding the grindstone trying to find summer work because that's the whole thing that they're trying to like get us to do. They're like, go out there and work and go do your, you know, go right. you at know, least do your go job. on auditions. Yeah. And I was kind of losing faith because I wasn't getting really casted at school and I didn't have a lot of luck last summer finding work. So this was kind of a huge breakthrough for me because, um, really funny, but I was going to switch my major to mechanical engineering halfway through the semester. Really? Yeah. And I think it was this audition that really like put me back in like this place to keep going. Oh, I am so excited. And I would have been so disappointed. Yeah. Had you done that. (laughs) Wow. Was it really getting you that down? Was it did you just feel like you were losing what you thought you had or the love was just going away? There was a lot of stuff that was happening to me. I kind of, I had fallen out with my best friend and had to move out of a, out of a living situation that we were um, going through in November. And then I was dating this guy and I started like thinking of a future with him that didn't really involve me performing. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a strike. Our school had a strike. And so I didn't a really go strike. to class for three weeks. Wow. So it was it was a lot. I like lost a lot of training that was very vital to me. Um, and I just kind of like lost it, like a s- stable like lifestyle for a while. So. Um, and with that in this lane of work, we know stability isn't like top tier or top right, of the line right? and a, a nine to five is stable. So I definitely understand I've been there. Like maybe this isn't it. Maybe I need to get a nine to five, but let's take a minute to go back and let's go oh, yeah. way back and talk about when you first found the love for music, dancing or theater. What came first? Um, I really love to sing. When I was little, um, my mom always tells me the story that my cousin um, we were at my like cousin's house and I went downstairs to their basement and I got up on a stool and I asked them if they wanted to hear me sing and they were like, sure. And I was three years old and I just like sang a song for them. Um, and that was like my mom's like first kind of idea that I was kind of doing something that I was really good at. And then, um, she always played like Gwen Stefani and, um, all the hits in the two thousands and I would sing the radio. And then I started doing the community theater and I was eight, um, and, but when I was a freshman in high school was when I decided I wanted to do this for a living, and it was doing Truck the Musical. <laughs> and it was doing the same roles that I was doing now. Really? Too. Mm-hmm. Well, that is great. Um, so especially when you get to do a show uh, for a second time mm-hmm. and then have an opportunity to take the character to a new level. And like I was telling one of the other guests, with this show, the ensemble are characters that we all know already. Right. They didn't have to reintroduce um, the three bears to the world because no, we already because know, who know the, the three story. bears are. We right. don't even got Goldilocks in there. And this because it's about the three bears. The yeah. same with um, the big bad wolf. No need little red whining hood because we have the big bad wolf and we know exactly who he is. They actually are like the stars of the show. You know, they're the ones right. where the you know nursery rhymes that we're uh, like afraid of and those little fairy tales, mm-hmm. just like the three pigs. We already knew those characters. So, and even in the movie, they are like big personalities within themselves. Like they are. There really could be a movie with them by themselves figuring stuff out and a whole plot. You heard it here first. So if they make a movie about stuff like that, you heard it here first. <laughs> so when you eventually when you decided you were going to the audition. And it's funny because I was there also and I, mm-hmm. all of us were there and I don't remember seeing everyone, but 
it's just funny how many times we could have walked past each other or even like said hello. Right. Which I probably remember saying hello, but you never know. So how did the audition process go for you? Well, I was the second to last person to go. Wow. Um, and I ran into my friend Lauren, who Lauren Magnus, who went to Point Park and also has done shows at La Comedia. And we were just talking about how we keep running into each other at all these auditions. I ran into uh, ran into her at OTAs um, a year ago, and then I ran into her at um, MWTAs, which is um, these some unified auditions at uh, St. Louis at Webster University. And I had asked her if she was having any luck at all with any of these auditions, if she was getting any offers. And she said no. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really having a great time either. Um, and we just kind of got to catch up. And she's one of my um, really good friends now because of that audition. But I went in there and I sang um, the Witch's Song from Big Fish because I figured that they were looking for a dragon. And that was kind of where I was going for. Um, and it was one of my best auditions I've had in a really long time. It oh. was different. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you could at least be proud of what you walked in to do. Because that was my goal going to audition. I was like, as much as I love Donkey and want to be Donkey, I at least want to walk in and be proud of my audition and not walk out and second guess myself. Yeah. Even though I did anyway. Because it's just like, well. <laughs> it's just kind of part of the deal, isn't it? How did it go? Yeah. But I often had, um, and I've only been on a few like professional auditions, very few. But um, the last couple of ones I went on, I said, you know what? I was proud of that. Yeah. That, that was good. I went on one for a national tour for Ragtime one time, didn't get a, a, a love Ragtime. A callback or a um the job, but I felt really good about my audition. I was in the last group of like six guys to go out oh of like three hundred plus people. And about the time they got to my group, they were running through. They were like, okay, um, we got to switch rooms because we were supposed to be out of here about six. So we got to go over here. And now there's this many people left. So we're going to put you in groups and you're going to just all go in a room and you're going to sing. And then you're going to leave. You're going to sing. I was like, oh. Wow. So none of us are getting this job. <laughs> That's at least how I felt. I was yeah. like, so I had to change my mindset instead of letting it take me out. I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to get this. So I need to at least sing well and be proud and have a good time so I can be pleased with myself. Right. Because I feel like, you know, I feel like when you love yourself, it's easier for other people to love you too. It's like, well, that's, you know, it's just like this energy you have. So I sang, um, make them hear you because you had to sing a sh song from the show. Right. And no, I didn't think I was going to be Cole house, um, because of my height and everything. So I sang it and I was like, you know, the, oh, again. And I was like, thank you. And I was just going to walk right out. I said, thank you. And before I walked out, the, the guy, the director, he was like, hey, that was a really good job. Where are you from? I was like, Youngstown, Ohio. He was like, really good job. Thanks. I was like, thank you. And then I was like, I wonder if he's going to like message me after that. But I don't know why he asked me that. Or said it how he said it, but I was pleased. And I yeah. was like, good impression. Maybe if I lived in New York City, he just like I was telling you about my friend, maybe right. he would have been like, we can call him back for something else we have in mind. But I don't live there, so hey. But I'm trying not to have any regrets for things like that. And 
look back because you just have to keep moving forward. Oh, everything happens for a reason. That happened to me at a unified audition for college for Montclair. I went, like walked into the room and they didn't look up. They didn't talk to me. I went over and set up my music and they're like, whenever you're ready. And I, you know, did my audition. And after the first song, they started looking up and nodding and actually smiling and showing acknowledgement. And I was um, excited. And then they asked me for the second song and I sang it. And then they were so excited. They, they were like, that was so great. That was, that was that was awesome that I almost walked out of the room without doing my monologue. And then I asked him, I was like, do you want to hear my monologue? And they're like, yes. And so I did it. And then <laughs> at the very end, he was like, that was a great audition, Bridget. I didn't get in, but like to have that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not always about you. It's about right. like who they already have and what they're looking for. And you got to like stay focused in the moment because I, my first audition ever was for Hairspray. And this is community day, the first ever. Right. I was 20 years old and I was so nervous. And I went in and I sang a boys to men song with my eyes closed while sweating bullets. <laughs> and I opened my eyes towards the end of the song and I saw them like just looking at me kind of like, oh my gosh, like this, this guy's good. And I was like, oh, like in my head, I'm like, oh, they're liking it. Oh, okay. But like, it almost like kind of threw me off a little bit because I wasn't, I was like, oh. Oh, now I'm paying attention to them. Now I need to, but I need to just stay focused. And I don't go on, on auditions a lot. And I didn't go to school to learn about how to, you know, conduct myself right. in an audition. So when you like have to learn as you go, even going to school, you have to learn as you go and see what works for you in an mm -hmm. audition. Like I had a whole plan to come into Shrek auditions and be like, greetings, my name is James Major Burns. And unlike most of the people you've seen today, I woke up like this. And I, I, as soon as I got to the stage, I was like, hi, my name is James Major Burns. Uh, yeah, how are you? Nice. Nice to meet you. Luckily, somebody had to go to the bathroom, so I was able to talk a little bit. and like, Oh, wow. I was still nervous, so I kind of talk like this when I'm nervous and I have yeah. my hands up and stuff. And I noticed that. And that's why I didn't think I had a great audition because of how nervous I, I know I was. How funny, because your mannerisms really add to the character. Like, you are a donkey. I love donkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I felt when I... Because weeks had went by before I got the call. And I was just like, uh, several steps of depression, couldn't sleep. And I'm just like, I am donkey. I don't even know who else they could have... I'm like, who else could you choose? Because I literally am donkey. I embody him. Like, in the flesh, in the for yeah. I am him. So I'm so happy. I was so pleased when I got it. I did not go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I, Celebrate. Called my, I called Trey. I yeah. went to his job. I said, baby, I got the job. We were so excited. I went to work the next day and my friend there at the time, I walked in because she was like, why don't you come to work? I was like, I'll tell you tomorrow. I walked in and I was just like, Leilani. And she turned around and she was like, B, like loud. She was like, B, you got the job. And she like grabbed me, almost tackled me. And we just started. Now, this is a call center. We were so, <laughs> like she didn't tackle me like into the computer. Oh and we just celebrated. But even for like her to just be so happy for me. Yeah. And we were friends like back in elementary school, high school, which we've graduated 10 years ago. So when we reconnected, it was like nice. But she was so happy for me. So I was just happy to have somebody to even share that energy with there. And it was like so cool. So you get casted. Where were you when you got the call? Um, I was at Wright State. My voicemail wasn't working. It had like stopped. And so I kept getting calls from Franklin, but I wasn't sure who it was. So I just let it kind of go to voicemail, but then my voicemail didn't work. So I ended up calling them back and I was like, I bet this is La Comedia. And I called them and they answered and they were like, we just want to offer you the ensemble role. And I was outside of my classroom and it was really great because we had had such like a grueling day and it 
yeah, it literally changed my life. Well, I'm glad that your day, I'm not glad you weren't having like the best day, but I'm glad that that good news could be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, that's a great experience. So we're going to move on a little bit. You get the call, you know you're in the show. How did you prepare? So I have, I've done the show before, right. so I, I knew most of the stuff that they were going to have me do. But you didn't know like who you were going to be yet. I wasn't sure who the fairy tale creature I was going to be, so I was kind of um, just like playing around with the parts and everything. I try and come in memorized and like knowing the role already. Oh, that's um, but yeah, that's how it went. It was really cool because I've, again, never done like really a professional show before or even a collegiate show before yet. So, so it was like be a little wary because you know how processes go during theater, but everyone is different. Right. So you're walking in like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm ready. Yeah. I, they always tell us, you know, like just be prepared for anything. And so it's better to be, know what you're doing um, and just like kind of go with the flow. I had a friend who worked here already and he kind of told me what was... Well, well, that's good. And then you knew yeah. a few people coming into the cast. Yeah, I knew um, I knew of people. I knew of Mary and I knew um, Jason. Um, I went to school. I go to school with Tommy. So when right. he told me he was playing Pinocchio, I was really excited. Right. Yeah, that's great. Wright State showed up and showed out for this show. Let yeah. And Nasir. Oh my yes. gosh. I never knew he could sing that way. Oh, yes. Because yeah. is so... He's so quiet. Reserved. Yes. But he has such a big personality, and we want him to break out of that and be Papa Bear, Papa Bear. Yes. Like I, every time I hear his part of the dressing room, I'm like, you, you better sing. It's incredible. I raise my very fist. Yeah. And, I, and I like your ass, too, and I like how you play with it. And then I was in the dressing room <laughs> the other day in Freak Flag, and you did this new run. I was like, okay. I'm just always there trying to... Dr- you know, like cool off, right. especially Sunday when it was 103 degrees oh on stage. Gosh. They tried to kill us. But you know, again, I, after that show was over, I was like, I'm a boss. Yeah, we did it. It was I'm incredible. A boss. I can do anything. I'm in great shape because yeah. I didn't pass out. Right. But I tell you, I felt like it was getting close. It was in bad. Some scenes. There were some scenes like, um, I think I got you beat. Oh. I wanted to walk off stage. Because it's always my hottest scene, one of my hottest scenes, because I'm just standing there. Right. All the lights come on. I'm standing real close to Shrek, so they got the spot. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I need to move. This is just so hot. So on Sunday, I was like, I can walk off stage. This has nothing to do with me, and I'll just walk back Did on. you? No. Oh. Because I didn't want to change it that much, and I still feel like the audience deserves the, the great show. They deserve the show that everyone else gets. Right. So, and even when I like passed out at the end of like act one, when I pass out, like I'm a donkey on the edge, I wanted to just lay there. It was so hot. I wanted to open my eyes sooner and get up because on the ground, I felt like that's where all the heat was. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hot. I could not wait to be done. How was it for you guys like back there and in your costume it, and all those changes? It was bad because when we had to change into our morph suits, it was sticking to us. And so it was really hard oh, to get yeah. on and off. Um, but it, it's not, it was not as bad as you and Jason. Like we kept saying backstage, we're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. This is awful. Everybody was helping, like so helpful for us. They're like, do you need water? Do you need me to go grab your water? Yeah. I wanted to just have a water bottle on stage and be like, just a second y'all. Cause I know the audience <laughs> would have cracked up. Right. And, um, people were throwing ice in my shirt for me like crazy. They're like, oh do you gosh. need ice? I'm like, yes, please. And it would melt immediately. Yeah. And, uh, we made it through. We did. We made it through. We did. During the wedding scene is always the hardest because I have the fat suit on and then I have the like monk cloak on. So it doesn't let any air out at all. So what I did was I kind of put like wet 
like towelettes like in my bra and then I put ice down my shirt like oh. dress too. So it got me through that number well, you but gotta figure it out. <laughs> At the end I was I every when we were going upstairs and after the meet and greet I just sat there on the floor like naked and I was like I can't get up and I couldn't go out after that. I had to go home. I was like, I'm so dehydrated and so tired. Nice shower. I can't wait to take showers every day after the show. What I was going to say about the wedding, though, is I never knew Felicity, who plays Humpty Dumpty, had a robe. (laughs) She does. So Sunday, I was walking out and I was like, wait a minute. I just saw this huge brown robe. I was like, you have a robe. Like, I was so shocked. It is I was so just, funny. It was so funny to me because I'm like, this is clearly an, an egg. It's a joke. So, yeah. And then I walk out and somebody's like, do you see what she does? So she has this small hole for her face. Mm-hmm. So she just backs up, and she, then there's like this gaping, an empty shell, yeah, with this small hole in it, with this robe, and it's so. She's funny. like a turtle. It's really funny. Yes, it is. It can fit two people. We, I, we, I got in there with her the other day, and we just kind of like hugged because I was having a bad day, and it, we were just like, it was amazing in that's there. So funny. I see her get in and out of it sometimes, and man, that's <laughs> she's she's a, a a camper for pulling that off it's like a house in there it really is so what was your like first impression of the people like we'll start with me what was your first impression of me when you got to the show so rehearsal i thought you were the one of the most important people in the room like i was like oh this guy has done things (laughs) (laughs) i i didn't i don't know sometimes i just get like that well i get like airs about people like i like you i think that you're like somehow like there's something special about you that you you've done or you're going to do. Um, when I heard you had done a tour, I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. This guy's done like 20 tours already. (laughs) Like you were so professional and, um, it just, it showed I was, and I knew I wanted to talk to you, but you guys all seem so like New York, you know, even though you're not from New York, to me, I thought you were in New York, you know? And I was like, Oh, this guy, he knows what he's doing. And like, I love the tattoos and it was great. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so excited. But no, I am one of the people in the house that is not from New York. Right. Nor did I go to school for theater. So. Which blows my mind when Corey told me that. And it's so funny because it's the thing that I thought, um, it's the reason I stopped going on auditions for so long because I. I'm 28 and I know I'm not old, but I'm like, I'm getting older and I haven't been on that many auditions. I haven't done that much stuff. So I'm like, I should just try to do something different and figure out how to do it like this because I, as many times as I planned on going back to school, when I got 20, when I turned 25, I was like, I'm not going back to school. Oh. So I've just been doing community theater. I was lucky enough to be able to do part of the national tour for um, Rocktopia. Right. And that's just the course, but it's still a tour. And I've been lucky enough to work with um, some of my friends who've gone on to do professional things and just work with like really good people back home. And I work really hard. Like you really do day and night. It shows even with doing the podcast, like in between shows, I want to take a nap, but I'm like, let's get these episodes recorded. I want everyone to have um, an opportunity to just get to know myself and us get to know each other and therefore the cast to get to know each other because I know everyone in the cast might not talk or have like their individual relationships, even though like we're all cool. Like Mm -hmm. some people are definitely closer than others, but that's just how vibes work. So you get to learn people in a different way when you just get to sit back and listen to them talk. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're talking back and forth, you know, in conversation, you talk over each other. But when you get to listen and go back, because there's things that you miss. You ever come in on the wrong part of a conversation? I'm like, whoa, you know what? I'm not 
not even going to ask because I don't, that sounded weird. Yeah. So that's why one of the reasons I wanted to start my podcast is because I just love talking to people, getting to learn them and just relate. So I was like, oh, I need everybody to do it. And in the beginning, people were hesitant because they're like, podcast, like, what am I going to talk about? And I'm like, um, your life. Yeah. You're in a whole professional show. Right. And you go to school for theater. Yeah. So after they heard a few episodes with some of the cast, they were like, oh, I'm down. So now I've done almost all of the adults. I just have four more left this weekend. And you're doing some of the kids, aren't you? I'm going to do the kids. And I'm also oh going to do Chris Weiser. <gasps> oh, and he's going to have some stories. Stoked about that because I was nervous at first because I'm like, he's not going to say yes because he's so busy or maybe it's just like unprofessional. I didn't know if it was like unprofessional to, to do it or not. Yeah. But I was like, why not? Let me ask him. Right. And he said yes, so I'm excited about that. That's and I'm so really excited about the kids. And Drew oh my gosh. really put it <laughs> in my mind because he said, do you have kids on your podcast? I was like, no, but, no, I'm but been, you can be the first. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Why? And he was like, oh, I was just wondering, um, like, what, what do you talk about? I was like, well, we talk about your lives so you can talk to me about, you know, whatever you want to do, like shows you've done, shows you want to do, what plans you have. And he was like, I want to be on Broadway before I'm 14 because the age gap stops right there. I was like, whoa, I never got that sense from him before because he's 12. He's one of the kids. We don't have serious conversations, but it really blew my mind because I was like, whoa, this is this whole avenue that I forgot about. These children are the future period. And then mm-hmm. the theater kids are the future us right like they're gonna be the next directors stage managers queens man they can sing yes and they're so talented and they really do sit around us and soak up a lot of what's going on whether we think so or not Mm -hmm. they're they're paying attention so i told the kids if you get permission from your parents you can be on the show so i've already gotten several parents to contact me through email or, you know, messenger and tell me, Hey, my kids can be on the show. And one of the little girls, she was like, Oh yeah, my mom would never say that. Her mom said yes. So I'm very excited. And I'm, cause she was like, yeah, my mom would never go for that. So, hmm." but so I was like, yes, her mom said yes. So I'm just waiting to get a date. Cause I had to ask the theater also, because you know, with children, I was like, no, we need permission. I need there to be another adult um, there. So, because when it comes to people, kid, people's, kids you know how serious it can be Mm -hmm. and i always try to be very respectful and i'm always like a a dad or uncle i'm all about like protecting the children and Mm -hmm. like in the neighborhood because to me it's it's like the village thing like if your kid is running in the street i'm gonna be like get out of the street right i'm gonna yell get out of the street or you know if they're sitting there not looking happy i'm gonna be like hey are you okay just checking on them that's just the type of love i have for like people in general but i'm more about that like village so mm-hmm. i'm excited to be able to talk to them and i'm gonna ask them some you know serious questions too but yeah. i just want it to be a fun experience for them and for them to understand what they're a part of right now and what their future could hold because they could be being flown out in and out and do interviews. So this yeah. might be the first interview they d- they've done. This not might not be for some of them. Some of them are signed to talent agencies. And I didn't know that. I follow some of them yeah. on um, Instagram. Right. And they're great. And I didn't know. I was like, oh, oh no, these kids are serious. They're legit. And again, here I am thinking, I'm like, oh my God, you're just so cute. But no, they're here for business also. So I've been really happy working with them. So... Moving on. Yeah. What are some of the roles in theater that are like your dream roles that you would love to play? Um, I would really love to play um, Elsa 
or in Frozen or Alphaba and Wicked, um, Janice and Mean Girls. I I'm starting to try and make a list of characters that I could play um, now because in school this upcoming semester we're going to be talking about types and where we live um, in the theater world. So um, yeah, those are like just a couple of them. Just a few. Just a few. So what are so those are dream roles. What are the roles that you feel like you fit? Because our dream roles are not always roles that we like fit the character. And that's another thing that's hard to accept. Like mm-hmm. a role that you really, really, really want to play, but that's just not the type of character you are. Yeah. Um, probably. This is so bad. But I would love to play Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton, but I know that's just never... It's not going to happen, you know what I mean? Because hey, I don't live in that world, you right. know? and you never know with how theater is. I mean, Angelica Schuyler was a white woman. Right. So you could play her, but based on society and what they did for that show, it's played by right. people of color now. Right. For reasons of not having that many opportunities and roles yeah. to get. And I auditioned for Hamilton... Um, it was a huge like open call like in 2015 oh, wow. yeah. or the beginning of 2016. Just went just to go. Right. There were like a thousand men there. Like it was so big, but there were like a sign that said like, you know, like, I don't know if it said like um, four black people or no white people on this day. And they were like pissed. There were white people like standing outside. Like, it's not fair that we don't get that. And I was like. Well, that's how you guys have been feeling this whole time. Our, Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. I yeah. was like, it's that once oppor- the one time you are in our shoes, that one time, and you're like, live it. And it's like, well, have that same energy about for women when they don't get the op- same opportunities right. or for people of color. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the conversation about the new Ariel, who's going to be played by Hallie Bailey. Yeah. So being a, a white woman, how did you... Think about it or feel when you saw that the next Little Mermaid was going to be a little black girl. So Ariel's my favorite Disney character. Um, And so to me, like when I went to Disney last year um, and got to see her, the the face character for the first time, I started crying because she looked so real to me. Um, So when I when I heard that she wasn't going to look exactly like the cartoon character, I was just a little disappointed just in that aspect because of the cartoon. What's nostalgic for you? Right. But I love the fact that they're pushing the boundaries and having people of any race and any color do any role, because I think that's what it should be. It shouldn't be about how you look. It should be about your talent and how much you resonate with that character. And if you can, you know, give it the people what they want, you know what I mean? Also, it's Disney. If she could yeah. not act or sing, she would not be the right. Well, Emma, Emma Watson was Belle, well, but she can't. But, she wasn't great, but but she's she's beautiful. She was Hermione. For that reason, it's nostalgic, and for that reason, we're going to go see it because it's Disney. It's Beauty and the Beast. I say get people who can sing. Stop. Do right. Not auto tune anyone. Get singers. Um, just like the live shows they do, like on NBC and ABC. They always want to pick these superstars. I was like, there are stage performers who are ready. Oh my gosh, Give yes. Give them the opportunities. Right? Like Julianne Huff, she played Sandy, and I thought she did a great job, but I just know there was somebody else, a stage performer that's out there waiting. And not to say that she's not a stage performer. No. But you know they have to bring in the big names, and I'm not right. against that. But I'm like, there's so many other people waiting for the opportunity. The well, people- and she's not that big of a name either. No. So it was really exciting to see somebody who 
kind of like the Cinderella when they had Cinderella, the move, the movie, right. um, have somebody who hasn't really gotten their shot yet, really get a chance to get up there I and do, do feel it. Like people really knew her and know her from like ABC, NBC because of dancing with the stars. Oh yeah. And she's been in it for so long and dominated. And so did her brother, right, Derek, who's beautiful. Hey, Derek. <laughs> so, I, and I love Grace, and I thought she did a really good job. But back to the Ariel situation, I was, I, I, I can't say that I was like surprised, but I was a little surprised. I was like, wow, they're really pissed. I'm like, it's a mermaid, and. For the people who are saying, I said this in my last episode, there are people who are saying, well, it's not about um, race for me. So she can be brown, but her hair must be red because if Ariel has black hair, she's not Ariel anymore. I'm like, well, she actually doesn't exist at all. But the hair has to be red. So for me, being a black guy, it still takes it to race because why don't you think her hair would be red? Because she's black. Well, any person in that role is going to either have hair dye, right. hair extensions, or wig. Right. Any person. Yeah. So even if it was a white girl, her hair is not... I've never met a white girl with the hair, natural red hair like Ariel. Oh, God, no. Because it's a cartoon. It's like ketchup. Right. So... <laughs> it is. Right. Right. And then girls who have... Red hair and freckles, people make fun of them. Right. So it's like, you're just complaining to complain. But again, I'm like, for you to say, like, you're only worried about her hair being red, it got to be red. If she was white, you would not question that at all. Right. So think about that, you guys. People don't think deeper. And I know the climate we're in in America. I just, we have to have conversations about this. We do. And I'm okay with having conversations about it. And I don't want to argue. Right. I don't like arguing with anyone. But I definitely don't want to argue about things like this. We need to figure out how to progress in the world as just people because the people in charge are batshit crazy. Right. They've always been crazy, but the president right now says whatever he wants. And I think it's one of those things to where people got what they asked for, including me. I always wanted a president who would kind of say more things that was on his mind. Now, I didn't know these things. (laughs) Right. I didn't know these things were going to be on his mind. But to me, I think maybe the president should be able to pass like a physical or some type of like physical test to where he can, you know, defend himself or something, make sure he's in like great shape. And I wasn't like super against Trump when he won. Yeah. I was completely surprised because he's not a politician, but that does, you don't have to be a politician to be president. That's not what the rules are. I voted for Hillary for most of the fact that she was a woman right? versus what she stood for because she, I wasn't really with a lot of things that she said either or I felt like she wasn't as authentic as Trump terribly was. Right. But that's one of the things He was unapologetically himself. Hey, and to me, Hillary wasn't authentic. No. So I was just like, I want to I wanna like you. I want to vote for you, girl. You're making it real hard. It was a really frustrating election because they really gave us two candidates that really didn't offer much at all. Um, and I really hope this upcoming election will really give us someone that's for the people and, and right. not, you know. It was really so like blatantly. a lesser of two evils <laughs> yeah. type of situation. But I can tell you, when Trump won, I sat in the bathroom for 30 minutes. I didn't think it was real because I was taking a nap and stuff. And I woke up and I saw he had won California. Yeah. <gasps> At no point in my mind at all did I think he had an opportunity. Oh, at, God, no one at, did. Even though he got to the last, I'm like, he's not going right. to win. They're not going to well, vote the, for the him. The people were like, the polls are in, like, you know, pre, like 
before and they were like, Clinton's going to win blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he kept taking like all the swing states. He took us in Michigan and Pennsylvania and, and you know, oh, when he took us, I was like, Oh, I know. Okay. Every, I think almost every president that's won has, has to have gotten Ohio, yes. like has gotten Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just, I was like, after the whole scandal with the emails mm-hmm. again, I was like, really, really Hillary? You girl, you had a red carpet to waiting for you to get right. to the White House. One of the big things that stuck out to me is the percentage of women that did not vote for her. And I was just like, I know. I was like, well, you're a woman, right? <laughs> and they don't want you. And that was crazy to me. But I know for some of them, or what I read and heard, they were talking about Hillary's past, like everything she said up to this moment. Right. And they're like, well, people can change, but Hillary changes what's for things that are convenient for her. And they didn't believe her. They didn't feel like she was authentic. And yeah. that's why she did not win. Right. And it passed, came back to bite her. Well, the Clintons themselves have a really negative history with um, the White House. And um, my dad, when he was in the Marine Corps, there was, during the time when Bill Clinton was in office, um, there was a big thing going around saying that um, when the military would bring Chelsea to school, that she would tell the military men that her parents didn't like them and that she didn't like the military. And um, yeah, it was, they they had a really negative um, connection with the military. So I just, I just really wanted, me being a black guy, I had the opportunity to vote for my first time for president, and it was Barack Obama. Oh, that's amazing. And never in my whole life growing up did I ever think that there would be a a black president, nor I would have the opportunity to vote for him. And then on my first time to vote, my dad walked in my booth. He was like, you make sure you press Obama, because he had voted during the whole Bush scandal thing oh, when you press one of the things and yep, it went to the other one. Yep. So he said, you make sure it says Obama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know that. <laughs> like, I'm not here to, for, I don't even care about the rest of the stuff. I was 18 and I wasn't paying attention to right, anything. I said, right. I'm for him. I'm voting for him. And, and the, the rest of you are like, I'm not sure, but Right, but yeah. second time around, I was just like, okay. I was like, let me get, nope, I'm voting for Obama. Because for history, for Yes. More for emotion than anything else. And that's exactly why I was going to vote for Hillary. I was like, w- I'm going to be a part of that generation who helped make a woman president because we need it. When people say, oh, a woman can't run president, if she's on her cycle, I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. It sickens me that we're still at that, love, that point in life. Yeah. And for me, mental, mentally women are stronger on, because of what you have to go through right. physically. Yeah. And then what the rest of the world puts you through, you're like at the bottom and across cultures, not just here, just like they put you through so much. So to say that you couldn't handle and every handle like a situation like that. But in most families that I know, the grandmother is the thing is the glue, mm-hmm. the matriarch. They're not like the patriarch or the, the king of the family. No, it's the grandma it's so true. that holds the families together. Yeah. Yeah, the dad in 50s and 60s, he was going out to make the money, but the household, the people that they were sending out into the world are shaped up by that woman. Right. So it's just disrespectful. And like you said, we're still living in a time where Trump gets to tell four women of color to go back to their countries as prejudice and it's racist then you cannot excuse that there's been a lot of other things he said that i'm like it's bad but 
Trump's idea of America is this is America and I don't care about nobody else. Right. And at, on one half, I was just like, I can't be like mad at him because of, like it's either us or them. And then it's like, but that's not how. It's not even how America was built. Not at all. And the whole go back to your country, I'm like, bro, now I think you're an idiot. Because when white people say go back to your country, I'm like, oh, you think this is your native land. Right. Have you ever read anything? Or just for them, they, they know about Native Americans, but still they disregard that and think this is their native land. Even with that, I'm like, you didn't even build this land. Well, almost you everybody other... has been born here too. You know yeah. what I mean? That's been here. So even for me, when they call me African-American, no, I'm not African-American. No, you're I'm American. American. I don't, I, I check other own boxes. <laughs> don't call me African-American. Right. Do you get called at Caucasian? I even see Caucasian America. No. Where is Caucasia? I don't know. What, it where, doesn't, it doesn't, it exist. doesn't exist? No. It, oh, it says or white. Just American. That's our problem. I don't like all of the different categories to just keep um, breaking down us, um, each other in because I feel like it's just yeah. ways of well, I have a question for you. Do, you. do you get offended when somebody calls you black? Because sometimes I get offended when people call me white. Like, does that bother you at all? No. It's, you know what's weird is white people don't like to say the word black because they think it's like saying the N-word, but it's not. You literally have to describe me like yeah. the, the black guy, or you can say the brown guy. Right. But when people say brown, they associate it with like Hispanics most of the time, okay. or or Indians because the brown versus black. But our skin is brown. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't understand being black because I'm the I'm not like black like no. the color. Yeah. So I was like, I don't understand why they call us black. I was like, well, maybe because in Africa the Africans are a lot darker. Right. Maybe that's why they saw that color and they're like, oh, black. But for me, I much prefer just to be called black. But I'm I'm just American. Yeah. If I'm African American, what do you call an African who gets citizenship? African African American. Good question. I don't think no. Exactly. That's ridiculous. They are African American. Right. Or a person from Asia is Asian. American now. Right. I don't I don't even know if there's a European American, but if I was born here, how am I not just American? Right. They break us down to all of those things so they can put us into these categories so they can keep us separated and keep judging us. And I don't like all of those labels. Even in the LGBT BT plus community. Yes. Now people get very fragile with things. I'm sorry. There's a lot of new stuff and we got to, it's going to take some time getting used to. We got to catch Don't up. Don't be offended. And a lot, even with the LGBT community, I'm going to speak on it because I can't. I'm a part of the community mm-hmm. and it used to be me. Like They're like waiting for somebody to offend you sometimes. Right. Like, I used to think everybody was laughing about me or talking about me if they were whispering. Like, because I was gay. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they must be talking about me. Oh, they must be laughing at me. Oh, what's funny? It made me feel uncomfortable. So there's so many new titles and labels in the LGBT community. It's so confusing for me. And then I don't want to like offend anyone. Right. I'm like, it's just so much. But again, I feel like it's another way for somebody to be able to just break you down into a new category and put you down. Because the human mind likes to put things into categories. And it's just, it's crazy because we don't want to be put in a category. Isn't that it's nuts? It's like eye color. You could do brow color, yeah. hair color. I'm like, brow color? Really? Oh my gosh. And I'm hoping that the we could 
I feel like being able to talk to you and put this out in the universe this is my way of trying to help the world be a better place. Yeah, people need to know. That's you know that's why I didn't know. Like, do you care if you like being called black? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. these are and things that we need to learn. Can ask that question and not feel bad because people think it's offensive. I'm like, no, it's also intent. Right. You know what your motive is, how you say things to people. There's no. You, people can feel it when you say something to mm-hmm. them. So it's how you go about saying stuff to people. So I'm absolutely okay with you asking that question. But also, if you didn't ask, how would you know? Right. That's what I mean. That's what I tell people all the time. You have to ask questions. And sometimes people might be like, whoa. But you could just be like, hey, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. How else are you supposed to know? That's why I asked you about the aerial, aerial thing. I'm like, well, you're a white girl. Mm-hmm. You grew up and didn't know that was your favorite Disney princess. So right. how does it feel... My fiance is calling me. I thought he know popped up on the screen regardless. Anyway, I'm like, how did he pop up? I did not press accept. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm just trying to have these conversations, and sometimes I get a, I get scared to have conversations like this because I feel like the government is gonna be like, oh nope, not him. Take him out. Right. I always feel like I tell I told Jason this. I always feel like being a black guy doing anything out of the ordinary or outside of our box could result in the death of. A, our lives. Wow. Just because like society and, yeah. and history of the country. So I, a few years back, um, would ask myself what I was willing to do that, you know, to put my life on the line. Cause people put their lives on the line for me to be able to go to school, read, write, vote. I'm gay. And now I can get married anywhere in the, like the United States. Some things that people who are living never imagined. And that's why I like with the LGBT community, T community, people are like, they're just getting all of this stuff because there's other groups of people who have been fighting for things for so long mm-hmm. and you just can't give up on the fight. No. You just have to keep pushing forward and take learn from other groups. But one thing I feel like is we just have to stay positive and stay connected. Mm-hmm. We cannot break. Like we have to be a chain. Like, yeah. did you see that movie? This um it's called Us. No, I didn't see it. No. It's this thing. They have Hands of America, and it's about underground people. But at the end of the the movie, there are uh, a line of people standing across the United States holding hands. Wow. And I feel like that's how we have to be. But like, I feel like the Hunger Games could be real. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I could see that being real. Oh, I read utopian books all the time, and it, it freaks me out because I think that yeah. these could actually happen, especially... Um... Oh, I forget... But yeah, absolutely. But I think that's something that's a that's a whole model we should have in life is to just never give up on anything right, and keep fighting up. for oh, what we want. Because if the people before us gave up, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this technology. If the person who was working on this for years gave up, I wouldn't have the technology to do this. Right. So it stretches beyond race, mm-hmm. you know. So, but again, I feel like I have a voice and I have a computer. Oh yeah. And I can reach the world now. Yeah. Twenty, thirty years ago, I couldn't do that. Now I'm sitting in a room. With microphones that I bought offline, speaking to you, and now <laughs> people are going to be able to, to listen to this all over the world for however many years to come. Yeah, you know. So I'm very pleased to be a part of this process, and I'm I was I'm so happy to have had you on finally. Yeah, so, me too. Are there any questions that you have for me, or would like to ask me? Um, what made you want to do theater, like continue theater? Um, you said you started when you were 20 years old. What was your springboard? Um, I love to sing my entire life. Love it. First love singing. And I knew I could sing, but I never had any training. So all of the things that I was 
doing wrong, I heard. And so the things I was doing right, I didn't understand how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. So I would just, you know, kind of do things on my own, sing in the bathroom. I didn't even go to karaoke until like after high school. Right. So um, I was in a dance class at the college at um, in my city. And this girl saw me and she asked me to audition for this show, Hairspray. Now, I thought it was because she thought I could sing or knew I could sing. But she said, no, it's because I saw you dance. But oh, the fact wow. that you could sing... It's a plus. So I did that show and the theater, Top Hat Productions, was like a small family. So I came back and I did like three more shows with them. And then I just never stopped since 2011. That's incredible. And it's been a process. And I've been getting messages from people lately, like in my city that are like, I'm just so happy to, because you know how you can feel like your hard work goes unnoticed to yourself? Yeah. Like, like, uh, last year I had to make it uh, a point to acknowledge my small accomplishments. Like, even being able to, able to breathe through a song that I couldn't breathe through before. I'm like, I have to acknowledge these small accomplishments because I always acknowledge the negative things. I always am hard on myself. So right. I had to balance that out. You have to. And if not, be more positive to myself. Right. So with that, I just decided I'm going to perform... I'm, I decided I'm going to be a performer by any means. No matter if I did community theater for the rest of my life and never got paid, I will always do it because like it's where my passion is. It's where yeah. my love is. I feel like that's where I can express myself and where my purpose is to help the world be a better place. So, yes. And but, then my second question for you is, how do you keep a like healthy relationship like so far away? Because I know... Youngstown's pretty far away from here. Oh, yes. How do you and Troy keep, you know, connecting and um, everything, you know, fresh? So we talk every day, and sometimes it's hard because he's directing Dream Girls, and our schedules are, you know, conflicted, especially when we have show days. Yeah. Because he works at 5 a.m. So oh. when he has to get up that early, and, you know, that means gets up at, get up at 4 a.m. When he has to get up that early... That means he's not going to be up late. So sometimes we get to talk very few. And then we just don't... Trey's not like a talker on the phone. He really doesn't like talking on the phone. He doesn't like texting, really. But we'll talk and we'll FaceTime. And it's been very hard for you know us, and definitely harder for him to have me away while he has like so much to do. And I know he just wants me there. The first week was terrible for me. Oh. But I had great roommates to help me oh, get yeah. through the process. But I couldn't imagine going right from this and then doing something like for a year and not being at home. Yeah. Like I have a friend who's in Singapore right now. I couldn't imagine going to wow. Singapore and not seeing Trey for, for a whole year. Right. That's what I've been thinking about as for like for the future. I'm like, now what? I'm like, I love this. It was only two and a half months. And I'm like, being away from him, I, I can't wait to get back to him just so we can lay down together. Right. So it's something to think about and it made me think about people and how they feel, say you have to either choose your career or like choose love. And I'm glad I found love first. Right. Because I probably wouldn't have been worried about love at all had I had the career first. Yeah. See, I've had like the opposite interaction with that because I feel like I get into this mindset of like this family and like the picket fence and like living in Cleveland and with somebody that I love and having, you know, everything and a nine to five job. But like, 
this career doesn't really offer that sort of lifestyle. And once I'm not in a relationship, I realize that this is kind of like, not all that I have, but like one of the things that keeps me consistently happy. And so, um, I choose this because over love, just because I've never had a very, you know, positive experience with that so far. And, um, it's really hard to find somebody who's like willing to go. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm on the dating websites and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, let's go to New York. Like, well, I'm moving to New York in two years or moving to New Jersey in two years. Um, right. And you know, you- just so you know, <laughs> like if you want to come along, you know, and, right. um, it's just, it's hard to find somebody who's like, yeah, like I'm all for that. Or, you know, or I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, work through that. It's just, you know, I, Jared asked me a similar question, and I say don't rush love. I definitely right. did not, and I definitely was hesitant when Trey found me when he, our love found each other because I was 25 and he was 18. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, psh, my baby brother's 18. No one has time for that. But um, I felt like when I thought I wanted to be in a relationship all of the years before I ever got into into one, my body wouldn't allow me. Like, my mind wouldn't allow me. There was a guy I really liked at one point, like, but I had just come out, so he was the first guy that showed me any attention. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I like him so much. I would love to be in a relationship with him. Right. But when he asked me to date him, I said no, because he had just broken up with this guy, um, like, less than, you know, weeks. A red flag. well, how, I was like, I want us to be in love. I'm like, I don't want to just like you. I want to be in love. I want to feel something. And I, as much as I liked him, I was like, how can you want to be with me and you were just with someone else? So I said no, and I kept saying no right. just several times. There was another guy that I liked, and um, I was intimidated by his success. But I also, at that time, I had learned um, that certain things go together and certain things don't. And I knew that we, and he knew too, because we had a conversation like, hey, I like you. Yeah, I like you too. But I just feel like we don't work for each other, at least right now, or we just don't work for each other and we're better off being friends. Right. So I had to go through a tough situation to understand my feelings. The one thing I never confused with the other is lust for love. Right. So people want to be lustful, but they get shamed. Don't be ashamed for being lustful because it, it exists. Just be safe. Yeah. But don't confuse love with lust and don't chase either one, you know? Um, I say love yourself first, fall in love with you before you try and go search for it in somebody else because that's what can happen. And I hear that in so many people and especially younger people um, just wanting to be in love, especially women. You feel like, well, I feel like sometimes women feel like, well, you know, having a baby oh my or gosh, you, know, you yeah. try to set out times for certain right. things in your life, but don't even worry about that. Well, I don't even want to have kids, but it's the idea, you know what I mean? Like that say, everybody paints that now, out. Right. But well, I, I do say that now, but like after seeing my mom had three kids in three years and like her body is just, Ooh, you know what I mean? And I don't understand just, how women do that. Right. I don't know. I have like, no idea. you pregnant almost three years in a row? <laughs> oh, I, <can laughs> I don't know. It, like, look at my, I'll just be touching myself like, Oh my gosh, like I can imagine having something inside of your organs, like right. your bones moving moving it around. I'm very interested in having kids, but I think I would go about it in a, like an adoptive way instead of actually having kids because I really don't want to put my body through that stressful. I wish men could get pregnant. I would carry really? my own child one. I think things would be a lot more different if men could get pregnant. I think the experience of life and understanding of emotions yeah. maybe would be um, spread out evenly. Right. You know, and they'd be like, oh, no, girl, I ain't carrying a baby this time. It's on you. 
It's like, oh, we ain't gonna be no kids. Right. <laughs> Men won't be like, nope, nah, you have me out here carrying everybody's kids. Well, and then they can figure out what it's like to actually have, you know, like a period and stuff like that. And how it's just, it's frustrating that we have to like buy those products and, you know, like even though we don't choose to go through that, it's just, right. you know, and have all these regulations. And, and how it does change your mood. Yeah. It's like having a stomach ache or just being irritated because it's like so hot, but in your body. Right. And then, and then living repeatedly with those... for like this whole part of your life. Right. No way. That's why I give it up to women. I think they need more respect. I think they need more love. That's why I love women so much. And we love you guys for doing that. You know what I mean? It's the men who are on our side that really help us. And, um, like these new abortion laws and like, like especially the ones in like Georgia my mom and my sister, like growing up, and right. like, I treated all my female friends like my sister. Yeah. So I'm like, when people do crazy stuff, I'm like, like you said, those abortion laws, like even when I was like, well, it's frightening. It is scary. It's How so scary you vote for somebody to do something to their body. I don't understand right. it. I don't. And it's, it's not like we don't put any regulations on you guys. You know what I mean? Like you can go get a vasectomy whenever you want, but right, but that's, women not can't get our tubes tied. Like, yeah, without seven year old men out here. Right. Having babies. I know. Just reckless. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like for me, I, you know, I just have not more than five years ago was able to marry Trey in all 50 states. I forget about, you know what? And I, we forget about How, that. And I'm like, that's somebody voted for a right, right for me to do that. Cause you, I couldn't imagine not having rights. I can't imagine there not being like anybody couldn't marry whoever they wanted now because you know what I mean? But it's literally been five years. Yeah. And I'm like, I've talked to people about that. I'm like, you don't understand how monumental that was in our lives. Just imagine the people who've been together for years. Yeah. All of these things are like changing. And it's like, wow. Like I said, I can't believe somebody think. And then the fact that there's all these old white men making these laws for you. I know. You're not even a woman. They don't even know what it's like. like they will never know. Abortion. If, if I want to get rid of this thing in my stomach, I have the right to because it is my body. It is. Regardless of like what I think. And it's none of my business. Right. It's like so personal. I can't even believe it. it's gotten so far. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it, and the, the ones, the laws that they're trying to pass in Georgia where women can be like on trial, like they yeah, can like do an for, investigation with them if they have a miscarriage. That's... That's frightening it's delusional it really is it's delusional and i can't believe like it, it's making it that far and that's what makes me scared for our future as a whole because they're just gonna do it they yeah. can just do it if they want to because of the people that they keep getting um putting in charge because of the families that run the world because of like those men who are raising their sons up to be this way and that's why we're trying to find them and that's why like in certain states like white people are starting to become the minority and I said, that's because y'all don't even want to have kids with each other no more. And that's it's the like, truth. So now well, we can't afford it either. You know what I mean? Yeah. People being born. And that's what the world is going to be. That's what right. America is, period. A melting pot. Right. And they seem to forget the, forgot the message. And for them to think that millennials or the younger kids just don't care well, as and much. Well, like, I don't, a lot of kids my age are struggling to like, you know, and five years of like ahead of me, we're all struggling to kind of like get out into the world and find jobs and like be able to pay off all these loans. Like we can't have kids. We can't start a family. We can't get married because we don't have the money to, we were like so in debt with these loans and right. for them to be, especially the government to be putting a lot of their efforts into these things that are just never going to end up being like agreeable or solved. Like abortion's never going to be solved. No one's ever going to like be able to figure that out. I just don't think that just because you don't like it, I don't it makes me so mad. I don't care what you like. This is my body. Right. And this is my life. What are you going to do for me to take care of this kid? Right. Where are those laws at? 
to, for people, um, I don't see you running to the adoption clinic right. or a, a building to adopt kids. Right. Who's going to take care of these kids once they're born? Nobody's running up to that. Get on my nerves. So I can't stand that America thinks and stands behind like this face like, oh, we have these morals. We don't have morals. Oh, the God, beginning no. of our country was not founded off of morals. No. Listen, no. I think the Constitution needs to be updated. Agreed. Because when it says we the people, no. It does not include me, a brown man. It did, it did not include it me didn't, at that And time. it didn't include women either. Right. It included those men in that room and men who look like them right. and men they decided. Right. So it needs to be updated. I agree. And it's crazy. This was a good conversation. We're going to yes. have to continue this on another Yes, we'll have one. to like have another, yeah. I've been, I actually wanted to have like this type of conversation with the cast just because oh. like we all come from different walks of life. Yeah. And there's some people like you just can tell like they haven't experienced certain things outside of like this, this bubble. Right. And it's easier to, like you said, like ask me a question about how I feel about being called black. They're walking up to a random black guy. I'm like, hey, how do you feel like when people call you black? Because, right. Like, They're like. But I'm one of the type of people that are open to understanding for from both sides so and that's the we need that you know what i mean because i how do we move forward yeah i i grew up in a suburban you know very like white area and i don't have any you you know what i mean had the experience how will you know right so can you let the people know where they can find you on social media yes um you can follow me on facebook at bridget lorenz um instagram bridget underscore broadway uh yeah those are my two platforms right now I'm still working on getting a website up and running and, um, until then I was started. Do you have like a Facebook fan page? I don't, I Just don't start one of them. Cause you know, it's free. Yeah. I do that because I can tag all the people. I put all of my stuff on there and yep. it's easier and for I people on them. Facebook to get on that. And also tw- I've been trying my best to be like more up on Twitter and like Instagram. Cause I know like younger people use those and they try to follow yeah. along it's hard to get followers and I'm, I'm not paying to get any right so i've just been trying to do everything and i try to like post 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 but i'll figure it out yeah i have to go back into my instagram and like i'm trying to archive old pictures of when i was in like middle school and like revamp the whole thing because that's a new thing we're gonna have to do because you are a business after all yeah. as a performer so you yeah. need to make sure that you can advocate for yourself on a platform that people can see you it definitely always so you all make sure you go ahead and follow bridget on Facebook and Instagram and soon Twitter. Yes. But we're going to get back on Twitter. I want to thank you so much for being a guest. This was a great This was great. Yeah. And I had so much fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been James Major Burns and Bridget Catherine Lorenz. <laughs> and this was The Third Degree. Bye-bye. Bye.